presents Comicast 400. Sponsored by Twin Sons Comics and Gaming, Age of Comics, and Game of Thrones. With your hosts, Pablo Gunner and Hey, True Believers, Chris Mack. And we're here to talk nerdy to you about the comics for the week of July 31st. So, uh, spoiler alert, there's one to be spoilers reviewing these books, so there's going to be spoilers. And for our grade scale, it is strong by, that's strong art, strong writing, by, that's solid art, solid writing, but not the strongest, then we weak by, there's something weak about it, that's why you should only buy it if you have the extra money, strong skim, strongly suggest you skim it, skim means it's weak on both writing and art, that's why it's just a skim, and then weak skim is only skim it if you have the extra time, and pass is pass. Also, we have the best book of the week. Dead Sexy, or I mean the Bebow. Yes, and that's the best book of the week, Back and Bag. And then we have the runner-up to that, which we usually announce at the end. You might know which one it is, you know, if, if we're speaking more about it or, you know, you see the La Pasión, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then there's Contender. We'll say, hey, this is Contender for runner-up and or Bebow, Okay. Let's jump into this. I'm going to start with American Carnage number 8. This is Hill Fernandez Dean White. It's number 9. And this one's pretty crazy. I don't know if, like, this book got the axe and they're wrapping it up and this is the last issue. Or if they're just like, we need to do, like, just shake things up. Mm -hmm. Because you have this guy that's kind of undercover, but not really. He's just like, you know... A side thing but he's also a side thing for this other lady and so he goes to her and he's like you know what this needs to change things need to change I'm gonna go get your daughter to leave the house I'm gonna go kill your dad he shows up she gives him the code and everything and you're like wow this is really gonna happen and of course he's not there and he's like all right fine she's just talking 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 she's like you know what you're screwed we own you you know and all this stuff and uh, it's really crazy. And so, um, but he deals with her in, in a fashion he sees fit. And you're like, wow, 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 this is crazy. Then the other lady, the, the actual FBI lady, a hit got put out on her by that lady, mm -hmm. um, the daughter of this politician. And so um, the guy, uh, you know, made some mistakes perhaps or, or was dealt with. We'll right. say that. And so it changed this, this, he changes, so it, all these things change the outcomes of these things to the point where this guy that's undercover is like, you know what, I did this thing, I made this choice, you weren't a part of it, you know, I'm willing to take the fall for it, and, you know, you take the credit for taking me out, and then you get the kudos, and that's gonna be the way that this, this ends, and that's it. So, I don't know if this is the end. It seems like it could be, but it seems like it couldn't be. Right. So... I'm good with it being the end. I'm good with it not being the end. I'd, I'd check it out to see like what may happen next, or I'd be fine with it if they just left it the way it is. I thought it was fantastic and crazy because there's a lot of things in this that happened that I didn't expect and multiple times, and it was just it was nuts. So well, I'm glad to see that as it progressed because I remember when we went through the first issue, it was just so much talking. It was so slow, <laughs> and yeah. I'm glad that they kind of backed off a little bit. They're, they're doing something to change things up, yeah. So I give it a strong buy for sure. Great. Now we also have Batman Secret Files number two. 
and this is written by a lot of people. There's different stories here, and so we have a Joker one. You know, I thought just off, just kind of as a quick answer, I thought this was going to be a really bad book, but I was really surprised all the little short stories were really compelling for the most part. Yeah, the other one was pretty solid, and so this one is more, I kind of want to say this one is more like Joker and the Batsuit more than anything else. Like, mm-hmm. you do have Batman there as well, but I think at first he was knocked out or something because he wasn't saying anything. Yeah. But Joker's slowly trying to pull off different pieces and mess with his suit, and then different ones do different things, and it's really funny, and then there's like a, a cocoon one, but it's not really a cocoon, it's just, he looks like a legit bat. It's right. really awesome. Well, I like how Joker, when he gets blown up by the, the bombs, he goes, you walking action figure! <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, and then there's one that was with uh, Psycho Pirate, and that one was pretty interesting. It's kind of a, like a Heaven Gate cult type thing going on with this one. Yeah, yeah, because it's like these people that are like, yeah, cult pretty much, and then he's there to save him. He's like, my pain makes me, who you I know, am. stronger again. Who I am, you I can hate, just take away people's pain. I hate to say that, but you know what that reminds me of? He's like, I need my pain. That reminded me of Star Trek Five. When you remember the Spock's brother was trying to take everyone's pain away, and everyone's like, "Jim, do it." He's like, "I need my pain. I'm not going to give away my pain." And I was like, "Oh boy, we're going Shatner." <laughs> <laughs> so that one, that one wasn't bad. And then the next one, the Riddler. The Riddler. Now here's what kind of tripped me out is that you were supposed to solve a miss uh, a, rid- a riddle, and there's an editor's note in here. Where is it? Where at the beginning it says. Here it says, the game is afoot. Read the story to see if you can figure out the answer to Edward's riddle, your enigmatic enigmatic editors. So I was, I, was, I read it, and I reread it, and I'm like, is he just saying that Riddler is just obsessed? I was like, I didn't, I didn't get it, but then again, I'm blonde, so what's your excuse? <laughs> uh, I, I don't care. I mean, I was like, that's cool um, for people that have time, but I don't. So I was just like, next. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really awesome. And then the next story was, I didn't know who the villain was, but you see, like, all these people dressed up as Batman. It felt like Saw. And it's the exact, it's, it's the exact same trials. He's putting them through all these same trials, like, Batman, let's, he's, we're going to do a test, you know, it's going to be a polygraph. Can you pass the polygraph saying that you're Batman and sell it, you know? Oh, can you get out of these traps? Because Batman could get out of these traps. Oh, well, what about this? Batman would do this, you know? Right. And, and then you and then it reveals who it is at the end. Right. And it just it very much felt like the very first Saw movie if you kind of read it slowly. But like with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is Bane. A Bane story. And then this one is like there's someone that did have his story but they ended up not using it and so that's why he wants to kill him because if they would have sold it like Well he he just said he destroyed the taste because but you know my story. Yeah. He says, you're a, you're a breathing testament to my story. Well, they but they never released it. I felt like he was upset with them because they never re- released it originally. Whereas, like, people would have been sympathetic, you know, about this and other stuff. And that's and why, because Bane, wide open. Bane wants to be a figure. That's why during Nightfall, when they, when Chuck Dixon first introduced Bane, Bane, whenever he'd do something nice, people say, oh, thank you, who are you? And he said, just say Batman did it. Because that's how Bane is. So, and then this one leads into Batman... 75 which who gives a crap which, uh, yeah, I was gonna actually ask you if you wanted to start reading that like since he's done with his like whatever shenanigans I'm, he was doing before I'm reading City of Bane and, I'm, and it, it, here's the thing it has a good idea it kind of reminds me of uh, Arkham City but you know why it sucks I'll uh, give you two words what Tom King 
Okay. See, and that's what I was worried about. But he has done good stuff, and that's what I go, like, should I, shouldn't I? But I was like, no, I think he's in a place where he's, he feels too comfortable, you know? too comfortable with it. And here's the problem is, I'm like, he's almost off the book, but here's the rumors that scare me. It's uh, three words. That's picking up Batman afterwards. Brian Michael Bendis. Oh my God, yeah, that's horrifying. Um... Because he's going to turn it into a kid's book, essentially. Uh-huh. He already has with his Batman universe, if you've read that one. Yeah, that one it was pretty solid. The one that we just read was it ended up being pretty solid. I liked it. It was good short stories of these different villains. Right. Uh, I feel like it's definitely worth a buy. Heck yeah. Especially you have the Riddler, the Joker, Bane, and Hugo Strange, which is one of my longtime favorite Batman villains. Now on to Red Hood, annual number three. It's finally the fate of Bizarro and Artemis revealed by Lobdell Polina Furchow. I skimmed this because I was like, well, guess what? I don't really care about Bizarro and Artemis, but let me skim it and see if if I will care. And even it was enough to actually fully skim through. It seemed like there were some intriguing things about it. It does look pretty solid. But here's the thing is, of course, you know, Bizarro and Artemis, and again, these are kind of like B characters, let's be honest. It depends on who who's who has the book and like the, who's the writer. And this is Scott Liddell. He was like second to the longest long-term X-Men writer who wrote some of the best 90, 90s to 2000 X-Men books. And again, I could care less about Bizarro, but he made me care about him. He actually felt like a character, not a, not a, a, a prop. He actually felt like a fully fleshed character. Same thing with Artemis. I just don't. I couldn't care about the characters, so I was. I wasn't really into it. Um, not to say that it's bad or anything, because like I said, I didn't really read the full thing. I just skimmed it. So for me, I would say it's probably like a strong skim because the art's definitely there. Right. Now on to Shades of Magic, The Steel Prince, number eight. And this is uh, Knight of Knives, Part 4 of 4. Writer is V. Schwab. Then artist uh, Budi Setaiwan. Uh, then inker is Andrea Olimpieri. With colorist Enrica Eren Angiolini. If I ever see this person at Comic-Con, it goes, Sup, Schwab? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like a little bit lost because we have the Steel Prince and... He's like banging on this door, and I was like, "Did I miss an issue? What's going on?" He's he didn't actually continue on to the final trial, and that's what that's what it is. Yeah, it left off, and he was like, "You know what? I've gone as far as I know I can go." Mm-hmm. And he made a promise to this other girl. She said, "Don't go to the last room. You will die. No one makes it out. So go as far as you can, and then come back. Don't do that last one." Mm-hmm. So that's what he's doing. He's like, "You know what? I'm out. As I've gone as far as I can. He's he's pretty beat up and stuff." But then this guy, uh, Rowan, shows up and he's like, oh yeah, I created this thing because I got bored. And he's like, you know, I can do all this magic. I conjured all this up. You know, I'm the one that's been killing all these people and stuff. He's like, I just got bored and I wanted somewhere to hide out and something to do. And he's like, you know, you you and your people, the royalty, you just want to turn me into a weapon. You know, I found this, these letters are sent all over that you want to, you know, make us yours and stuff. He's like... Yeah, but we don't want to imprison you. He's like, why? We want you to help us reinforce these walls, these you know these spell walls, because they're gonna fall and something bad's gonna happen when that happens. So we need your help. So he's genuinely like trying to, you know, be like, no, it's it's not what you think exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah, it looks bad, but that's not what it is. But the thing is, is that the kingdom kind of has a different idea going on than the prince. The prince is has a noble reason for doing it. 
not necessarily his father and the kingdom. So, but he ends up getting messed up, and even like there's this pool that shows everybody what's going on in these trials, but it's stopped, and they're like, something's wrong. We need to go in there. We need to save him. I know he didn't continue on to the fourth door. He's a man of his word. And so that girl, as well as, like, you know, the soldiers that have been, you know, following him and stuff or, or you know, pretty tight with him and stuff, they're like, all right, yeah, so they go to help him. But you see, like, he's fighting this guy. He's fighting for his life because this guy is, like, a master magician, you know. So he's just messing the Steel Prince up. And uh, he's pretty much just fighting for his life until they get there. But he doesn't know that they're on their way. So he's just, you know, he's not stalling. He's just trying to survive. So, but what's crazy is they actually do show up and then he's, he messes up this dude. It's pretty awesome. You're like, yes, but unfortunately this guy does get away being a master magician. So, and then all these people are kind of like, since he pretty much did beat the fourth trial because he beat this guy, you know, he was able to survive, and that's the thing is this thing was about survival, not necessarily like winning or beating anything, right. but just surviving. He's the only one that had the fourth mark, and that was the whole point of this too. And so they're like shooting off fireworks, and they're all like rejoicing that you know he's earned the respect of these soldiers and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's it's crazy, it's awesome. I, well, love, I love that um, Titan Comics has been kicking butt. Like I've been actually sitting here jonesing for more Robotech. Oh, I know. Me too. I'm like, where is it? So if you guys can, man, definitely check out Robotech. Like they, or not Robotech, uh, Titan Comics. Like they're even uh, doing a real good job with Tank Girl, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, the new stuff. Like the re-release stuff is the re-release stuff, but the new stuff's phenomenal. So, yeah, it's definitely a strong buying uh, contender for me. Very agree. Moving on to Green Lantern, an- the Green Lantern Annual, number one. This is Morrison Kamunkoli scott and olif on this one and i'm disappointed that sharp wasn't on this book in regular fashion you start and you have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. you have howlin like he's in a bathtub and then like the family's all it's like a family gathering and stuff but everyone is passed out and you're like he's like what's going on and then it seems like only the younger people are still in uh incapacitated they're not incapacitated and they're like well there's a force field around the house but then everything else is still going on here and then it turns out that there's like there's this wireless creature and they're like oh we need to help it but it's just pretending to be like weak and stuff and they're like oh we need to help it and so this one guy's like yeah yeah we'll help it and he's like no no no, no. stand down stand down of course they end up doing it anyways and he reveals his true face and he's evil Especially because they stop these people that are there to stop this thing, and they're po- they're policing mm-hmm. this thing that's a runaway, uh, like frequency monster essentially that can take over these frequencies, and so he has like this tuning fork and stuff like change things, but but then it messes with his mind frequency so he can't focus. Right. So then this other guy, Airwave, who's part of the family, I'm shows up to help. your broadcasts. But he really <laughs> just makes it more... Yeah. He really just makes this monster more powerful and unleashes it. And then, uh, you know, then the whole world ends up getting sucked into their devices because everyone's, you know, part of this uh, this frequency. And then Hal slowly gains his thing. But And then when he does, 
he figures it out. And the way he figures it out is by talking crap to all the family and break them out of this spell. Mm-hmm. And it's you're just like, oh, man. Like, oh, you just got to love those family gatherings, you know, when someone starts to drink into that point where they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, overly honest about everything. <laughs> um, and then it's really cool because then you have this little frequency lantern show up mm-hmm. and be like, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, we couldn't get in and stuff. And you're like, so it ends up being really cool. Like, here's what's funny is a lot of writers, when they try to do something topical, like, obviously, you know what they're poking at in this book. If it was someone not as seasoned as Morrison, it would kind of fall and fall and flat. But because it's Grant Morrison, he knows how to make it interesting. And that's, that's just that's just the signs of a seasoned writer like Dan Jurgens, because Morrison's been in the game just about as long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, once again, majority of Morrison's stuff is completely out there it is a one or it seems like it's a one shot even though there's an overall arc that you don't see until you're towards the end but even this one you're like it just ends up being fun enjoyable and you're like that was awesome Mm -hmm. you know and funny stuff like the tuning fork you know like he'll even make make ridiculous characters like airwave and stuff like that and you actually end up liking that character yeah and what I, I love the the Green Lantern frequency yeah. guy. Those little frequencies, um, they remind me of those uh, obnoxious little uh, bamps from Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He kind of looked like Sonic to me, too, in, in a way. We don't talk about Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it was it was definitely a strong buy. Heck, yeah. And it's time for a commercial break. So, we're going to talk about Age of Comics. They're located at 3700 Osuna Road, Northeast, Suite 513, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87109. Uh, 222 people checked in there. Uh, You can check out their website at ageofcomics.store. Send them a message through Facebook. Give them a call at 505-884-1776 if there's anything you need. Primarily a comic book store, collectible store. And they're usually open from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Like I said, you can call them, ask them anything. If there's any comic you're looking for, they'll find it for you. They'll get it for you. Um, And you'll pay the price. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's awesome because they have this danger room that's actually protected by a sentinel where they have all their, like, most... uh, Price possess uh, graded comics, and then they also have a wall though up there too, behind like the register and stuff. And they just they know their stuff when it comes to comics, so and they can clean and press your comics if you want to, whether they're new or old or whatever. So they know their stuff, so check it out. Whether it's indie comics, Marvel comics, DC comics, it doesn't matter. I even see saw some Titan comics the other day, nice. uh, so that was pretty sweet. And they have tons of Funko Pops. It's really cool because almost every time I go in there get a Funko Pop for the wife. It's an easy gift. You know, they're cheap, they're cute, they're adorable. You know, they don't take up too much space um, unless you have like a gajillion of them. Right. But uh, yeah, so they're really great presents. Uh, They have a pinball machine there too. Um, And they're just great guys to talk to and BS with because they know their stuff when it comes to all nerdy things. Comics, video games, movies, whatever. You know, all kinds of things. So of course, I love talking comics to him the most, but I usually other stuff as well. Movies, you know, movies is always a good one. Um, shows, so yeah, it's they're they're great guys to do business with and talk to. So make sure you check them out. 
Uh, they also they have other figurines and statues and uh, and stuff. So yeah, that's that stuff's really we could do tons of like busts and all kinds of ridiculous ridiculous uh, stuff there that's really epic and awesome. So make sure you check them out. Now let's get back into Zimbooks. We're gonna get into Thanos number four. This is three ninety nine. It's Howard Olivetti Fabella on this one. And it's crazy because it actually starts with Gamora telling the story. I kind of forgot that it was her telling the story. And then it get back gets back into it. And you see Death there and this guy that Thanos has murdered. And then Magus, uh, you know, just like taunting him and harassing him, you know. And then, but the, what happened before is the crew stole three ships and they took Gamora in one of them. So they got to figure out, figure out like, oh, which one is she? They're not going to destroy any of us because he's too afraid to destroy Gamora because he's so obsessed with her. And so, but Gamora is pretty useful. So she makes it apparent which one she is and comes back and stuff. And there's certain things where like Thanos is like, oh, you know, that's weak. You know, you should kill this guy because he kidnapped you and stuff. But there's certain other things, though, that she does where you're like, that's really smart and that is pretty crazy, mm -hmm. you know, that she's doing that. And she is. She is she's pretty uh, useful and stuff. But the craziest thing is, is he just ends up, you know, like there's a legit mutiny on the ship and he's like, screw this. This is below me. I'm going to go deal with Magus later. And he doesn't even take Gamora. So he's yeah. kind of like proving his point in multiple ways and kind of making her prove herself i i love the best part though is I, I love is that when she's like you know people talk around little kids like they're not there because right. they kind of just forget they're there they're so small they don't really think like oh this they hear everything they pay attention to everything they yep. repeat everything of course kids are not what and she even says like they're not that smart they're not that ruthless she ends up saying hey, you know guys i can hear everything you're saying you know uh -huh. and i'm gonna go tell him and that just puts her in more hot water. So now she's left with this mutiny going on on the ship all by herself. So we'll see what happens in the next issue Heck with yeah. that. This one was awesome, though. It's been a uh, good series thus far. Yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. So it's definitely a strong buy. It is definitely a contender. Heck yeah. Here's your digital code anyways. Z for Zarbon, E for Echo, and for Nova. O for Outrage, G for Genki... K for Killmonger, Q for Quasar, Q for Quasar, X for X-Men, O for Outrage, R for Richter, Y for Yuck. Alrighty, now we have The Batman Who Laughs, number seven. Oh, this is a seven-issue miniseries. It's four ninety nine. It's Schneider, Jock, and Baron on this one. Mm. And well, what's epic is it was originally supposed to be a six-part miniseries, but it was so Extended, epic. yeah, to one issue. It's Schneider. He's another guy that he can get away with whatever he wants, pretty much, but it's for good reasons. Yes. Um, <laughs> exactly. Quite justified. And so this one's great because you have the Batman who laughs, and he's like, yeah, once this light goes off, that means you're done for. Mm -hmm. And so it goes off, and so he's like, oh, yep, you're done for. And But then he's like, you know what? You rigged this thing, didn't you? He's, he's like, like, it's Wayne Tech. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? And he's like, ah, oh, and then it just pisses him off more. He's like, oh, you freaking tricked me. He's like, how are you not changing yet? He's like, what's wrong with you? You know, what's going on? And so it's just freaking awesome. And then, but this little kid ends up being the distraction. 
which I think is also part of his plan. Right, it's because it's a uh, younger Bruce Wayne. And so he runs and he goes over to this where the Waynes are buried, right? Yes. And so and and Alfred's there and he just pulls his shotgun. He's like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh huh. Well, then the whole thing with Gordon and his son is because you kind of start to wonder what's what's going to happen with uh, Gordon Jr. Essentially. Because Gordon was like, yeah, I don't have any hope in you ever getting better, and you've been faking it this whole time. So I'm shutting down this program, like this pharmaceutical program, uh-huh. you know. And so, like, it's just messed up because he's like, oh, yeah, this guy's killing your dad. But he just said this messed up thing. So it's like, who are you going to side with? You know, you are a murderer. Right. Um, serial killer. So it's like, it's really crazy. It's really intense. You see how that plays out, though, because it's like, when it comes down to it, though, he would love mo- nothing more than to kill a bat, you yes. know? And so, but, oh, man, that... that and then the Joker stuff, like, all of it, like, and then the afterward with, with Bruce Wayne and, like, why he thinks he survived or why he was able to resist, and then why Alfred thinks he was able to resist. Oh, yeah, the whole ending part is just full of emotion, especially the symbolism they do with the cityscape at the end. And then uh, uh, with with uh, Gordon and his son, too. Oh, yeah, that was, that was very hard. Like, all of it, like, everything about this is so great, including the, the last panel. Right, well, you know, the only thing about this book that made me mad was the last panel, because I know they have to lead up into the next Batman-Superman story. Yeah. But I kind of feel like what they should have done is they should have said the end when they did all the heartfelt stuff, give us, like, a month to kind of catch our breath. And then maybe throw this at the bottom page of, like, another book to lead into it. That's, I kind of feel like they should have let this kind of settle for a little bit instead of just immediately jumping in, you know what I mean? I mean, it made sense. He was in the water. Right. You know? <laughs> but what I wanted to uh, read here is... There's a, there's a scene where they show an establishing shot of the city. They show a woman fall down. They show a man go to help her, pick her up, smile, and they go on their way. And Bruce says, He said that a bat, being the only mammal that can fly, is an example of what we can achieve if we embrace our primal nature. But maybe it's the opposite. I mean, look at a bat. A bat isn't designed for flight the way a bird is with hollow bones and feathered wings. For wings, it uses its own flesh stretched between fingers that reach too far. A bat's flight is about defying what comes naturally, achieving what's hard, what's painful, but sublime. So right there, I love that, you know, Snyder has these words, but the artwork's symbolic of what it's like to be a better human being instead of giving into your baser instincts. So I love that right there. That's what hit me in this book the most. So, I mean, this is one, and, and honestly, this being the conclusion, the whole time I was thinking, well, it's not going to end well, but it's not going to end up too horrible because... We know that there's the infected ones, which is going to be the Batman, Superman. the Batman, Superman. Unfortunately, that's not going to be a series done by Jock, uh, by Jock and Snyder or Snyder. Period. And I go, Williams, Williamson is solid, but I honestly really don't care because it's not Snyder. Right. Like I'll check it out. You know me, I'll check out probably the first two issues, but uh, but I'm like, there's no, you can't top this for one. And, of course, that's different because now it's Batman and Superman. I don't know if you read Superman Unchained, but that was a phenomenal series. I've never read anything, anything Superman like that from anybody besides Schneider. Right. It was so different because he has such a different thought process than anybody else that has written Superman. And that series was so phenomenal. And so I was like, I would have loved to see Schneider do that book. 
and bring that in with his darkness of Batman, and it would just balance so perfectly. Because even though he's so perfectly dark with Batman, he's he still has that hope, but even more so, he has way more with Superman when he writes him, mm-hmm. but adds like a tinge of darkness there yes. that's just enough. And and that's what I wanted to see from that, and unfortunately won't. So, anyways, this one's a strong buy and a contender. Oh yeah, hands down. All right, I read Runaways number twenty three. It's Raul Genolet, Henricon, and Wilson for this one, and I just I I just love it. It's just like these bickering twenty year old people, or some of them are in their teens. But uh, yeah, we have we have Gert. And uh, what's really going on is we have uh, Victor, and he is pretty much inside Doombot because Doombot has been like reset to his factory settings essentially, and but he still has the memory and stuff. So he's in there arguing with Doombot like, oh, you know, like you would have destroyed me in here if you didn't remember me and all this stuff. And so he pretty much he's like he's trying to convince him that hey, you can be your own your own thing, you know, pretty just reminding him of who he was before he was reset and stuff like that and then you have this talk between gert and chase and just he's like you know what you're never gonna end up with me we're never we never should have been together like we're so different you know and especially now like you're younger than me and it's like it doesn't make sense it's stupid and like oh it's it's just like this back and forth throughout most of it but there's also the part with uh carolina and and nico where she finally is like yeah, uh, I've been doing this superhero thing. You should do it with me. You know, we can do a lot more, be a lot more help. And it's really fun and it's really great. And so I'm just like, it's one of those things where you can tell it's like, you know, like when there's something that you're really into and then you try to get your spouse into it, but you're like, it could turn out really bad because they might really hate it, but they also might really like it. So it might also be like their thing or they might take over your thing. So you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know how this thing is going to go. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's just like really great, and then of course what happens, you know, it's, it ends up being like a, you know, a great uh, resolution of what's what's going on. But we won't see the, the the couple teaming up until the next one, so it's great. I love this book; it's so great. I love the way it looks, the way it feels, and how it's even though it's just like talking stuff, like it's just so good. I don't even care that there's not like any action because I just love these characters so much. Like their character interaction is just so wonderful so yeah strong buy contender for me here's the digital code anyways t for tomas and for marcos e for iluterio a for Alamos, j for jameson f for familia k for kilo k for kilo s for senorita v for victor six t for tomas Alrighty, and i also got teenage mutant ninja turtles number 96 this is 399 city at war part four we have this turtle, this girl, and she's in, she's the new turtle. And, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. This is cool. This is, you know, different. And uh, then you have, like, these mafia guys are all meeting together because they're like, yeah, we're tired of dealing with the Foot Clan, but we're tired of dealing with, you know, because we have Splinter and then we have Karai. And they're like, well, one of them's not a mutant, you know, and the other one... Is human but she's freaking crazy because she's just killing mofos and so then someone just rolls in and takes them all out and so you're not really i wasn't really sure who which side it was though yeah uh and then you have that lady noel who is creating mutants 
from humans, I think, or from from animals. I'm not sure. Uh, and is talking to uh, to the bug guy. I mean, he's not a bug guy yet, but Baxter talking to Baxter Stockman, who's trying to become mayor. And she's like, "Well, you're not going to be able to do your, you know, millionaire business stuff because." You're going to be too busy being the mayor. She's like, so how about this? One of my places just got messed up. So I'll, you know, take over the work for your stuff. You keep all the money. We just get to combine our info and stuff and uh, for, for creating mutants and all that stuff. So he's like, uh, you know what? Well, if and when. Maybe. We'll see. And um, and then there's this crazy thing going on with Hun and Casey and the Purple Dragons because... They see what happened to Jenica, who used to be human, and they're like, and Casey and her had a thing going on, and so now it's like there's this crazy, like I literally thought that like Leo was gonna have a throwdown with Hun, and like he was gonna just cut him down like right there. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for it, dude. I was like, come on, you know, like, oh man, like it was just he was just saying like messed up stuff. It was pissing me off, and then of course same similar thing happens with Raph and Hob. Where Hobbs like, can we depend on you? What's going on? And he's like, all right, you know what? Just go ahead and run away and stuff. And uh, yeah, and then Karai uh, ends up attacking, and Splinter seems pretty confident, but he's overly confident, and and she tells him why, and and pretty much proves it. So it's pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. It's really intense. It, this Good. issue is phenomenal. I. They did an awesome job of balancing all these things, like juggling all these different things that are going on, but they all tie in together and they connect. So it was definitely a strong buy, and it's definitely a contender. Nice. Now we have Powers of X, but they're saying it's Powers of 10. It's number one. It's issue one of six. It's five ninety nine. This is Hickman, Silva, and Di Benedetto with Gracia on this one. And this one is nuts because... This one goes into the past and the future. So it's Moira McTaggart and Professor Xavier on a bench chatting. He's talking past. about like yeah. the future and how bright it is and all this stuff. And, and and then she's talking about like these cards that she saw, these tarot cards and stuff. Foreshadowing. Which end up being what happens in the future. Those characters that you saw... You saw them there. You also see this other thing pick up that you saw in the previous House of X, House of X, which is this information that was stolen from the Fantastic Four building, and you're like, is this just a Magneto thing, or is this? Oh no, it's not. It's an it's a this new thing that Xavier has uh -huh. created, uh, and and then it jumps forward into the future where it's these Nimrod mutant. I'm not like. Nimrod mutant... Uh, well, because they said during this time period it was the Mutant Man-Machine War. Yes. And the uh, mutants, they, they basically come out, went off world, they're part of the Shi'ar space now. Mutants are kind of like genetically done by a sinister, and some of these mutants, I think at this point, are supposed to have, was it, five X-genes? Yeah. That's why that chick looks like Ileana, but also has Colossus power, has Quentin's telepathy, or telekinesis and telepathy, I think, and then there's another... And she has Kitty's, uh, what do you call it, uh, phasing... <clears throat> And then there's also another guy, but his is kind of like a went wrong because he's a pacifist. Yeah, They're not meant to be. Because he has most of us. He's like a defect, but yeah, he's kind of like Nightcrawler and Nightcrawler's dad. Yeah, so he's, he's called, what is he, Priest or something like that? He's yeah, like... and um, 
And you get Red Nimrod, the lesser, and he's like actually trying to apologize to how they were talking about how they were trying to make these genetically made, what was it, mutants or whatever, and they basically kill her while he's apologizing. Yeah. And then you also see that future version, though, of the X-Men, possibly? Yeah. Well, because there's an old man Groot, an old man Zorn, Magneto, and Wolverine. So, yeah. It's, and then you see uh, Nimrod the Greater in a farther future, and it makes you want that librarian supposed to be another iteration of... Uh, Xavier, or who the heck that is. Yeah, we don't really know. There's a lot of questions thrown into this one, a lot of confusion, um, some stuff clarified, a lot of and then a lot of information. There's definitely tons of information in this one as well. So that's that's the big thing here. It's just going down. No, what I want to know, the rabbit hole if, if you look at the scene with, with uh, Xavier, when uh, he takes the, uh, the jump drive, you see how it kind of just comes to his hand? Now, is that Magneto, or is Xavier evolving? They don't clarify that. Right, because is he like Gene where he can... I thought it was just mind powers. I know he can, like, freeze entire people. Right, well, he like only has... whole group. He only has telepathy. Gene has telepathy and telekinesis. Telekinesis, and I was like, yeah, I don't remember him having telekinesis, but I wonder if that's, yeah, like another level, or because, especially because he's wearing a helmet that I think is essentially like a on-the-go Cerebro type thing that amplifies his powers, so I don't know. I do not know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's mm -hmm. nuts. It's it's interesting. It's entertaining, too. Yeah. So, it looks phenomenal. Strong buying contender. Hold on to the digital code. <sighs> now on to Schneider Capullo with Jan Jonathan Galapion and Ezio Placencia, Batman, Last Night on Earth, book two by the DC Black label. And this is five ninety nine, and it's like a mini graphic novel. I feel like it's cheap considering. And this one, it's been a while since I read the other one, so I was a little bit lost because it picks up and he's pretty much attacking Joe Chill. But I love how it's done because he's like, yeah, this isn't there, that gun's not there, this one's not mm. there, you know, all this stuff. And then... But this guy is also, like, playing mind games with him as well. Right, because well, it harkens back to the first issue. I remember in the very beginning, it kind of is normal Prime Universe, and he's going on that case, and he finds that boy looks like him in Crime Alley, and then he gets shot, and that's yeah. when you get into the madness. That's what this kind of leads back to. This is what it's harkening back to. And then it goes back to... Batman and Noggin. Batman and Noggin, yeah. Joker in a jar. Um, but that, the the Speed Force tornado, my God, was that intense. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. It's just like this dark... Oh, because it, it, when it flies by, you see this help us, and it's just an omaglom of Jay Garrick, Bart Allen, Wally West, and Barry Allen, and they just look in absolute terrifying pain. And we're finding more about the world. That's the thing, is that how messed up this world is, how dark this world is, uh, and then this fortress out there, and like these beasts that attack and stuff, and... So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if... Um... Captain Adams supposed to be like the nuclear reactor like he was in uh, Flashpoint because that's what that symbol on top of the the fort is. That's, right. the, that's the symbol of Captain Adam. So I wonder if they're kind of using him like they did in uh, Flashpoint. And then, uh, but everything always leads back to Gotham. We have these villains. These I don't know if they're the same villains or different villains, but it's Bane and Scarecrow though. They do look quite different. And then somebody else who looks like he's one of the Court of the Owls but he goes by Omega. Yeah, because he looks like a, an apocalyptic Batman, essentially. 
And then he finds like this fortress. Batman finds this fortress. It looks like Fortress of Solitude. And then it goes into like Lex Luthor and how he's made all these clones and stuff. So he's like, oh yeah, we can fix this with Superman, you know. But it's all, they're just like messed up clones that are controlled by Lex Luthor. Right. Uh, and then and Diana it, does get involved. Right, well, because the whole thing, the, the whole spiel that Luthor gives about him having that conversation with, with uh, Superman, that harkens back to how things happened the way they did in Last Night on Earth number one where people decided to go with evil. Well, it also, and of course, the offer and the Legion of Doom and just all this Year of the Villain stuff. It, it goes back to that, too, which is like, oh, people chose Doom, and that's what happened. And uh, he's like, yeah, and he was wrong about it and everything like that. So well, I like how Luther says that he lost his resolve but had to go through with it anyway to save face, and look what it cost him. I, I just wonder who this Omega is. Um, and then we get a crazy revelation at the end, too. Yes, and this was, this was a fine read, man. I'm, I'm loving this story very, very much. And I just love how they walk up on the empty, like, rotting corpse of the, of the specter. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yes. And especially uh, when they go down into, what was it, like, pur- uh, purgatory or whatever it is, and uh, Batman sees somebody that kind of shakes him to the bones. Uh-huh. Oh, this, this just hits you in all the right ways, man. So, that is definitely a strong buy and a contender. And it's time to announce our runner-up and leave out for the week. Now, to me, this is the perfect kind of week because there was barely any books that came out, but so many of the books were so strong. And, and it's like, to me, I go like, yeah, I, I just dwindled down my books to like just a few, you know, and, and be the most solid. Like, this week is so ridiculous that I can't even... I just can't even right now, guys, okay? It's just absolutely nuts. For me, I, I here's the thing, I love Batman Last Night on Earth, but it jumps around a lot, and I don't think it'll entirely make sense until it's over. Though it's enjoyable the whole way through, so I, I still like enjoying it in issues. I'm like, I want to either get the books all together and reread them, or just buy the trade, you know, one or other or both. We'll see. And then of course, just Powers of X is, is just so great. And then TMNT just is so crazy. So, I don't know. You tell me. So, I think an honorable mention for me, and this is hard because I struggle with this, but my runner-up for now is, or not my runner-up, I'm sorry, mention first, is Batman Last Night on Earth because I love what it's doing. I love the idea that Snyder's taking where, you know, uh, Lex Luthor wanted to have that final confrontation with Superman. So it's in this is spoiler alert, guys. If you want to pause, go get the book, and then come back, and you're back. So what happens is, you know, Luther is saying how he wants to have a confrontation with Superman. He wants to find a, have a final battle, essentially, but with words. And so they they go to talk, try to to compel people, you know, good versus evil. And he says Superman's pitch was so compelling it moved people, and Luther actually lost his resolve. With it to save face, and somehow people chose it because at the end you find out that they're standing on this field and has like these shards of kryptonite thrown on the ground, and you know, things happen as Lex Luthor didn't expect. And just, that just that just right, especially with things that happen with Alfred. The only thing that I thought was a little weak was kind of the obvious reveal at the end with the 
is. If you read, if you read the Night of the Owls, you well, kind of know what they're building up to. Like, for me, it, it wasn't obvious because I'm like, everyone's dead. The only people that seem to still be surviving are the people that are of godly nature right, but that can't. can live longer. Right. So I'm like. And that's the thing is I don't know where this is in a timeline because even this Bruce, oh, I think they said that this I don't is, think is the original Bruce. It's, it's, it's not it's it's part of that the, machine that clones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, I think they said it takes ten years after the initial pages we read when he wakes up. It's ten years later. So that's why I was like, well, I don't know who's alive and who would be alive and everything like that. I don't know when it takes place. So for me, it was it was still a surprise. And I but I want to see the ramifications of that. Right. But with that said, my my runner up is. Powers of X, because this story is absolutely crazy, and it makes you wonder where they're going with this. I want to know more, like because they talk about how Sinister actually started uh, making uh, genetically, uh, what is it called, fabricated mutants. You know, like they said, they started with one X gene, then they did five X genes, but then you find out that Sinister made them imperfect. So after a certain point, they burn out and they die. And he gets murdered, and there's this whole thing about the man-machine mutant war, and why the mutants are now in Shi'ar space, and there's not so many of them. And then Wolverine says, "Let's go see the old man. Who's the old man? Is it is it Xavier? Who is it?" And it, it's just it's all over the place, and I love it because he, Jonathan Hickman has a good way of playing it close to the chest, where you get a little bit, but it's kind of hard to decipher because you know you make theories, and you're like, "Yeah, I was wrong." <laughs> yeah. So, and I love what, he, like I said, he's he's taken a very Connie's move with this, and I appreciate it. Cool, yeah, it was it was really solid. Uh, why don't you read that digital code off? Alright, T for Famiscira, M for Mega Man, E for Eling Eling uh, Stretchy Man from DC, Elongated Man, there it is. Four, H for Horsey, R for Rashi, A for Avengers, S for Swag, W for Wolverine, Zero, G for Green Lantern, and C for Comet. My runner-up is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I just love this build. I, I love how well it was. Like I said, they all the, it just got me emotional. It got me ah when I get all riled up and 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 you know fired up. You know, or just like emotional, and you're just like, oh crap, what's gonna happen? You're just like, and just the way Karai completely played Splinter. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, you wanted to go deal with you know these things. Instead, you should've been preparing for me. And you sent you sent these guys to go take out the mafia that sided with me. You want to deal with your grudges instead of, you know, protecting what you should be protecting, which is your family and you, and everything like that. And so, and she's like, you know, I know you have a history of that. So you just played to your, you know, to your history and stuff. And uh, so that was just all, but all of it was just phenomenal. But my bebow, without a doubt. And always has been the Batman who laughs that's number mine. That's, seven. That's mine too, buddy. And that's because of because of that scene, because of that part where they talk about the bat, where the bat is the only mammal that can fly, and you know, I mean, yeah, it's a flying rat, you know, but it's learned how to fly. You like just that whole thing. It uses its flesh. And it's not like a bird with hollow wings, and I never even thought about that. And I just go like, "Gosh, uh -huh. Schneider is so genius that he looks so deep within not just uh, the character of Bruce Wayne and Batman, but also the symbol of a bat and how all that means." And 
even that whole thing how it wrapped up. They made it, made Gotham City the whole symbol, sim, sim, symbolic of what the Batman is. Yes. I, uh, yeah, it's just absolutely phenomenal. The whole thing, the way it was done, was so intense. It was so good. It was so book, crazy. This whole book, you just feel like there's no hope. I mean, you obviously knew that something was going to happen, but it was just the whole time you felt kind of like, what's actually going to happen? You actually kind of worried about it. Yeah, and, and, and I love that Schneider is so good at, like, grinding us down to this point where like you know what I don't even know why I'm reading this anymore this is not going to turn out good but then he gives like these slivers of hope each issue and then he gives like the boom big one at the end where he's like boom here it is I like how they use the dialogue how every time you kind of see him kind of have a sliver of hope the dialogue would turn kind of white and go back to red so very much kind of emotional up and down so the whole book is symbolic of the turmoil he's feeling that's it uncontested yes sir so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. That's it for us. Talk nerdy to us about those comics and any other comics that you want to talk about at TNTM The Show, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, website, email, Gmail, Hotmail, all the mails, <laughs> Tinder, Pornhub account, uh, what else? Uh, Grinder. Yeah, I heard yeah. the ambassador is going to work on the Grinder account. Um, what, yeah, all of it. We're everywhere. So, so find us and talk nerdy to us. That's, that's it. We just want to talk nerdy everywhere. We just want to plug in with you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And check out Comic Tapia, New Mexico. Yes, sir. It's all sorts of tilapia up in there. <laughs> I thought it was after Johnny Tapia, you know, but with comics. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it New Mexico, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's how it's... Uh-huh. <laughs> so, anyways... Uh, talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to you. And keep your eggs hungry, foe. Batman. I mean comics. <laughs> Batman comics. Yes. Talk Nerdy to Me Network. Thank you for listening.